Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Keep It Running with Kendra Stacy. I usually try to like warm y'all up before I jump into the episode topic and kind of, you know, get, make it a little light, make it a little airy, give it a little fun. But honey, I have been away for a while. I was on vacation. Now I'm back and I'm ready to just dive into something pretty heavy, deep, I guess. But um, I'm in a season where I am preparing to release a childhood trauma and forgive a person who I felt um, violated me as a child. And um, I am preparing to let it go. So today I am 27 years old and this happened, I don't even think I was a teenager when this happened. But I've been holding on to it for quite some time. I think at this point, it's become like a character trait even. Um, And I don't think many of us want to acknowledge how our trauma becomes a part of our character. Um, You know, many of us who would say we want healing, but then if we knew we had to let go of um, the stankitude that's attached to certain things or certain behaviors. Like, it's like, no, 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 we can hold on to that trauma. You you know, I get to still be mean. I still get to lash out at people. I still, you know, can be rude or whatever, or however, you know, things tend to show up for us. Like I get to hold on to that child, that healing, healing, schmealing. Right. Um, But I am preparing to release something that I have been holding on to um, and has, not just necessarily holding on to it, but it just left a deep scar. And for me, pre-therapy, I think I had almost forgotten about it because my survival tactic, and I think a lot of people, especially if you grow up in the hood or grow up kind of hard or, you know, your parents don't have the financial means to really provide for you, um, you learn to just move past things. Right. Like my, I told my therapist about the situation because it kind of came up in therapy. It was the first time I really acknowledged it in my adult life or since it actually happened, like actually gave words to it. I hadn't told anyone else about the incident, um, hadn't really dealt with it, even as, you know, myself, just kind of let it be the the time that it happened. And we just moved along. Um, and that's I think a lot of people do that. For me, I just kind of buried it. It was somewhere, you know, in who I was. Um, And I think a lot of times I had therapy yesterday. So that's why it's kind of fresh for me to think about my feelings and and everything. I think people in my life, um, as many people do, don't really understand why you behave the way you behave or why you have a certain attitude, or especially if it's a person in your family, like why, why you just don't want them around? Why you don't like them? Um, and they'll often try, oftentimes try to minimize it to some like random incident or something that they can see or something like that. And I think in my case, I kind of allowed people to have that, like whatever they came up with, with why they felt like I was at odds with this person. I just was like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that works. Because again, in in my survival mode, it was, I don't feel like opening that up. I don't feel like dealing with that. I don't feel like I'm supported enough to do that. I don't trust, um, folks around me to be able to get me through this. I don't have resources. Child, let's just move right along. Like it just, it is what it is. It happened. 
I'm moving past it. And you just got to swallow it, choke it down, whatever is what I told myself. I don't advise people to do that. So don't take this as like, oh, I'm going to just act like it didn't happen because Kendra said that's what she did. Please don't do that. Because, um, again, I ended up in therapy and in many ways didn't recognize how much of a hold it had on me. So this is something I haven't really spoken about publicly. Um, this incident, of course not like, and I don't plan to really go into detail about it because I just don't feel comfortable with that. Um, and I don't also don't deem it necessary. Right. I do give a lot of my life, but, um, to me, I don't think you need to have all of the details. There's a lot of people, with a lot of information out there, a lot of stories you can glean from. I just want y'all to get the meat and potatoes and you could apply that to your life. You don't need to know the recipe, baby, just to take what you can apply. Right. Um, but in my case, um, I didn't recognize the hold it had on me until I really had to acknowledge um, and this is, it's, it's easy to see why I didn't attach the two things, but I had this reoccurring dream or nightmare, but, um, and it came to me several times in the course of my life. I can remember it enough to say like, this is a reoccurring dream for me. And in the reoccurring dream, I'm arguing with someone. I can't see who it is. And I really don't know, like, the words like what we're arguing about even I just know that I'm arguing I can see me I'm arguing and I'm like yelling trying to get someone to get understand my point or you know just like how an argument looks but mid-argument I lose my voice and lose my voice like you know if you you know have been screaming at an amusement park for a whole week you know how your voice just gets really scratchy and it's like that's kind of like what the dream would feel like or what I would hear in the dream. And oftentimes like, um, so dreams are very important to me. I think being raised, um, in an African-American household, American descendant of slavery, like however you want to identify, but growing up, um, that's been deeply rooted in my family to like, okay, what you dreamed about? Like, what does that mean? Like what, what, what's going on? What, what is, what, what are you being shown? Right. And I oftentimes connect with people in the Bible. I feel like, um, who had visions and things like that. Right. So anyway, dreams are very important to me. So it wasn't until I've started recognizing, like I have this reoccurring dream where I'm, in essence, speaking up for myself. And then I lose my voice. And in the dream, I get frustrated or I feel like, I feel like my body gets like anxious and upset and just mad because I'm trying to yell. I'm trying to argue. I'm trying to, you know, speak and nothing's coming out. It's sounding like (laughs) no voice. Um, and having to, and in acknowledging that it's like, yo, that's huge. Like you have a dream where you lose your voice. That's huge. Right. And so I had to go back and try to unpack like, bro, where is this coming from? You not having a voice because everyone knows me to be this big, powerful person. And even I, you know, I'm not even gonna put it on other people. I have pride myself on being someone who is a sharpshooter, someone who can stand you know, flat footed, 10 toes down and say something. Many, I probably should have gotten beat up a long time ago. Um, but 
I I do. I'll say something, right? I'll speak up. I'll talk. I'll say what I have to say. I have an opinion about almost everything, honey. We started a podcast, so I don't mind talking about things. Um, but so it, it it's it's just like, but there's some part of you. There's some person in you, be it the little kid Kendra or you know teenage Kendra or whatever. Like there's some part of you that feels like it has no voice or that it has lost its voice. So, um that's what I mean. Like as much as I try to run away from the incident and run away from that traumatic time, it still shows up in this dream form, but I'm sure in other ways where maybe I don't speak up the way I think I do, or, you know, just in inside, I don't feel whole. And, um, and talking to my therapist, I've actually had practice with reconciliation and releasing and forgiveness in very real ways. Um, And I think what's happening now is because I've cleaned up those other areas of my life. Now I want to clean up another area. And my therapist made a good, good analogy when we were in the session, she was like, pretty much you've been cleaning your house, you know, since you've been in therapy, since we've been talking, you've been cleaning things up, you've been taking care of things, you've been building relationships, you've been forgiving people, you've been growing, you've been developing, but there's still this one corner of your house that's a hot mess, right? There's still this one corner, like, or there's still a whole bunch of clothes on your bed or whatever. And as much as your whole other house is clean, you know, pristine is all the things, that load of clothes on your bed, is going to keep reminding you your house is not clean. And I think I'm in that space now where it feels like I've been cleaning up a lot of different relationships that I have. And it's still this one though. And so I'm preparing myself to clean that up. Um, So my other examples that I kind of wanted to talk through on this episode. And I, the reason why I wanted to even bring this up is because um. I want to make sure people recognize that there are many different ways that you can forgive people, that you can release things and that you can reconcile if that is what you want to do. Um, Because I didn't know that there were so many different options. Right. Um, So in my defense, I didn't grow up seeing a lot of difficult conversations being had. Um, I think my family growing up very churchy, you don't want arguments. You're not trying to raise your voice. Like they, you know, we're not cussing, spitting type of people. We're just, you know, saved, sanctified. So you try not to be at odds, I feel like. And I think in avoiding being at odds, um, you just kind of let things go below the surface. Like we just don't, we don't have to deal with that. I don't need to, we don't need to have confrontation. Right. Um, I think churchy people are very, um, non-confrontational unless they are like fully in pop-off mode right like I think people don't understand like there's a there's a moment before arguing where you can just have a conversation with someone and so I think not having the examples of that growing up um of course led me to tv right so when you don't have a, a an example in front of you you go to tv so now the only examples I found on tv were um Iyanla. Right. So I'm thinking I need to have an Iyanla Van Zant type fix my life, come to Jesus conversation with someone about a situation. And and the two examples I'm going to talk about are me reconciling with my parents, both my mother and my father. Um, I had very um, I would say with my mom, we had kind of a static 
relationship, a staticky relationship where everyone knows we're close and we're cool. And my mom love her. And I attribute so much of who I am to her. And I'm so grateful for who she has been in my life. Um, but there were still like little silent resentment things. Like I said, like things that I felt like, um, that were, that happened in my childhood that I wasn't okay with, but we just never talked about. Um, and so I think because that was just below the surface, I had to like get it out once and for all. Um, but in the past I struggled with, again, I tried thinking I needed to have these Iyala Van Zandt type conversations with her. The hard part of doing that. And I think a lot of people would agree, or maybe this is your fear when you have to, um, confront and I say that with air quotes but when you have to have a conversation with your parent about the things that happened to you as a child and how they impacted you that can be scary right because you still love your parents but you still want to hold them accountable for some of the hurt that you feel and so I know in the past when I would try to have these conversations with my mom she would become emotional and I would start to feel like well, dang, like, I don't want to hurt my mom's feelings. So I would then console her and just tell her like, I'm tripping, like I'm doing too much, my bad. Like, I'm so sorry. And now, you know, I'm apologizing for making her cry about me telling her about something that hurt me as a kid. You understand? Um, so I, that just led to me like never having the conversation, never saying how I felt. Um, with my dad, my dad really wasn't in my life growing up. He was kind of in and out as I remember it. Um, I can remember times where we were really connected and then times where we just weren't. And then there was an ultimate break um, and we just didn't speak at all. Um, so I remember, you know, telling him, I think I may have told him, like, I don't want you in my life. You'll never be at my wedding. You'll never meet my kids. Like, just went off and um, just meant it that at that time I did not want him in my life and so but that was never a conversation right like that was the the teenager who was full of emotion and not having the tools to express and understand those emotions and those feelings and really you know convey them in a way that is effective communication right I was just lashing out because I'm a hurt kid um so I wanted to reconcile with both of my parents. And so, um, again, I didn't know how to do it though. I knew that like this dramatic conversation, this red table talk, this come to Jesus moment was just too daunting for me and didn't feel really didn't feel natural for me. As much as I love a good conversation, I started, I'm, I'm a production girl. Let's say that. So I started going into like, okay, what's my script? What's the lighting? Where should we do it? Um, you know, who should be there? Do we need a producer? Like how do I go into all of the different elements and start overthinking, overanalyzing everything and really become controlling where it's like, okay, so I will say this and then they'll most likely say that. And then I'll return with this and I'll prepare my PowerPoint presentation of this is the incident. This is the date. This is the time. This is how it made me feel. This is how I've been as a result of like, just not relinquishing control um, to just allow the conversation to flow wherever it may. And so that's how I knew like this whole like deep, like heavy conversation, not gonna work for me. Um, it wasn't until my therapist said, okay, you know, that that's too heavy for you and that doesn't feel natural for you. Can you write a letter? And when she said that, I was like, yeah, I can do that. Like that felt like, uh-huh, I can do that. 
Um, so she asked me to write letters to both of my parents and uh, at the time and currently I'm in South Florida and both my parents are in Connecticut. So mail the letters to my parents. Um, and my therapist really held my hand through it with, um, before I wrote the letter, we had conversations about like some of the stuff we might want to talk about. I might want to talk about and some of the things I might put in it and how to just let myself write whatever it is I write. Um, and then she asked me to bring the letters in and we read them together. And I remember, and I'm trying to, um, teach through my testimony if we going to get churchy, but I'm hoping you're, you're learning from my kind of missteps at the time, but, and, and applying what works for you. So if you're a conversation person, please do that. Um, I'm not saying don't ever have a conversation. It just wasn't my cup of tea. It just wasn't authentic to me. Um, and I want to provide an alternative for folks who may not feel it natural to have a conversation like that. So again, I wrote the letters and I remember I was struggling with closing my letters out. Right. So I had wrote like, you know, all just, I just let it pour out and it child to turn into a few pages. Okay. Just wrote it by hand and let it just pour out. And so, um, it was, you know, this is how this made me feel. This is even revealing to them things that I had been through that no one knew about, um, things that I had silently went through because I felt like I was the strong kid and I was the one that everyone just knew was going to be all right. So I just didn't tell them about certain things. And, um, I remember telling my dad that I felt like him not being in my life left me, um, left me vulnerable, like left me as prey. And um, just things like that just really started pouring out, right? And so um, I remember I struggled though with closing the letter out. And um, I remember telling my therapist, like, I feel like I need like a solution. <laughs> and I think it may be like, you know, you write essays in school and you got to have a introduction and your three body paragraphs and then a, a closing paragraph. And I felt like I, I need a conclusion that sums up my three points and then gives a, you know, closing statement. And, um, I remember my therapist telling me like, no, no, you don't. So I wanted something like, you know, and if you need resources, you can do this. And if you need, um, to seek therapy the way I have here is a number you can do. like, just wanted to close it out in some kind of call to action or whatever. And my therapist was like, no, because again, this is how you, you take away the accountability for this person. Like, just let them sit in what you just said. And so I closed it out with whatever I closed it out with. I really don't even remember, um, but closed it out. And again, it's a handwritten note. So I have no copy of it. I have no clue um, what I said in these letters, but I mailed it to my parents. And when I mailed it, I, y'all know I'm big on intention and step zero of setting your heart a certain way before you do anything. So when I was writing the letters and when I ultimately mailed the letters, I, um, I asked, uh, my therapist asked me and I really sat with this, like, what are you hoping happens as a result of this? And I remember telling her, like, I don't really know what will happen, but I'm cool with whatever. Like, like I said, at the time, my dad and I hadn't been talking at all. And I was like, if, if he doesn't respond at all, I'm still cool with it. I don't know if he'll read it. I, but once I mail it out, it's out. Right. Um, with my mom, same thing. Like, I don't know what will happen. I don't know if everything will change or nothing will change. I have no idea, but I'm a it. 
And once I let it out, let it go, and I've said it all. And like, to me, with the letters, I uncovered every stone, told everything that there was to tell. They got the whole story, like nothing left out. Once I send this, I have let it go. And that's what what happened. I let it go. Um, Both my parents did respond, which was a positive thing. And I appreciate it. And I think as a result, the relationship I have with my parents, I never imagined having. Um, especially with my dad, who for a long time, I didn't, like I said, didn't have a relationship with at all. He and I like, will talk for hours on the phone. Like I it was father's day in particular. I was like laughing, like, bro, I just talked to my dad for like two hours on the phone. Right. Um, and like, he has my new like career headshot as his profile picture on Facebook. And it's like, how did we get here, bro? Like what happened? This is so very different. Um, and even like, I want my dad at my wedding now, right? And even want my dad to walk me down the aisle. And I did not anticipate that five years ago. Um, And similarly with my mom, I feel like we're so much closer. Like me and my mom talk about sex. We don't get into the gory details, but I be telling her like, child, everybody got an itch. They won't scratch. Okay. So (laughs) I say all that to say, like, that's what reconciliation, that's what releasing, that's what forgiveness looked like for me. Um, And that was great practice for what it looks like to communicate, to be open, to be honest um, and just share my story and give, get my voice back. So now that I'm, I'm in the season of wanting to do that again. So I'm preparing to write another letter um, to, release a situation but I think the did oh excuse me I think the difference with this time is and this is something I literally am actively struggling with um I was in therapy and my therapist was like are you prepared like is this an act of forgiveness for you what is this and I told her I was like no I'm just I, I was like I'm trying to release it I'm just releasing it and she was like but you know releasing it means forgiving it And she was like, you know, with your parents, when you wrote them the letters and you released, you know, everything that had happened and all the things you felt like, you know, just didn't work out or, you know, whatever, you forgave them. And I told her, like, I know that's what I was signing up with this person. Because I think I was cool with releasing it and telling the person this is what you did and this is how it affected me and like letting them know that because I don't I've never done that part of knowing of letting them know the residual effects that what they did had on me. Um, so I was cool with saying that, but this whole like forgiveness thing, didn't really like that. Um, so what she helped me realize though is, and I hope this helps you cause this was like a big light bulb moment for me too, is just because you release the situation, you're letting it go, you're, you know, letting the shackles go of it and you're breaking free from it and you are in turn forgiving this person does not mean you have to now, you know, walk hand in hand with them, la 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 la, like skipping down the rain, you know, yellow brick road with them and have some open door to a relationship now. Um, and I thought that's what it meant. I thought, okay, I'm going to release it. I forgive them. And now we have a relationship. Like that's the path. And no, it doesn't have to be like, you are allowed to decide what this person's relationship to you will be. Even though you have forgiven them, you still get to decide. And so, um, that's where I'm at in this whole preparing to write another letter is, 
I do want to release it. The idea for giving this person is a struggle because I think for me, forgiving them indicates that I like them or like I want to be back in relationship with them. Um, So I'm trying to unpack the difference between forgiveness and um, this uh, display of acceptance. And that's where I'm at struggling right now with. Um, And I think that probably keeps a lot of people from for true forgiveness or forgiveness at all is if I forgive this, if I let this go, am I saying that I'm cool with you? I'm cool with what happened or anything like what am I really, really saying when I forgive someone? And so that's what I'm actively like I said, this this whole podcast is not from the the point of view of someone who has arrived or someone who has made it or someone who totally understands everything we running meaning <laughs> you know it's an action verb we're doing the ing indicates that we are actively running on this journey and so i'm actively trying to figure this out and unpack it because i want to be sure down i mean down in my knower down in my sanctified soul, honey, that when I release this, when I mail this letter, that I have really let it go. Because I don't want to mail the letter and then feel like I need another letter six months from now. Like, no, 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 no. We're going to mail it and be done, right? So I need to make sure that my heart's posture is correct and in line with what it is that I'm about to do. So again, actively trying to understand the relationship between forgiveness and acceptance of the person or what happened. And so I think it's just going to take another level of maturity for me to really understand it. Um, I'll probably read some stuff, probably listen to some more stuff. Um, But I want to be sure that, yes, I'm going to let go of what happened to me and really heal the scar and really um, get my voice back. But we we ain't cool still. (laughs) Don't 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 come this way. It's still it's still like that. Right. Uh, Boundaries still exist. You know, we just called everything out, took it from underneath the surface and, you know, just laid it all out. But we still ain't going to be cool cool um so that's where i'm actively at so if you understand what i'm talking about or have some advice feel free to share it and um and let me know you can connect with me on social media my personal page is underscore kendra stacy i know the podcast podcast page on instagram is keep running the podcast um and then i have my website keep running with kendra.com um all of this is going to be tagged in the description of the episode wherever you're watching it wherever you're listening to it honey um but let me know if you do have advice or if you're struggling with it too ping me that dm me that uh, let me know. Holla, holla if you hear me. Okay. Um, but active struggle, active work, things that are happening right now. But I do absolutely understand the blessing that comes from true healing, that comes from reconciliation, that comes from release, that comes from forgiveness. And so I think that's what's the motivation for me. Um, I don't think that 
and I don't want the relationship that was rebirthed with my parents after we, you know, reconciled. I don't want that to happen with this person, but I am still motivated by the fact that things changed. Something happened as a result of that. And so um, I would love to see change happen in whatever way it manifests itself. And so I think with the more I actively clean up my stuff, I was about to cuss, but the more that I clean up all of these things within me, I think the better I become. Right. And, and I think the, I won't even know that like you act like this because of this incident that happened to you as a kid. And now that I've broken that off, what ways in which will I change like my behaviors to future relationships? How will they be different? Right. Like maybe, and I don't know, this is just, thoughts right but could some of the the trauma that I experienced as a child show up in distrust of a partner and here I am saying I want to get married in 10 months baby do you trust people okay we're gonna need another episode honey because that thing (laughs) that thing got deep we done got deep deep um but this is very true and very real for where I am so I'm going to come back to y'all with another episode to let y'all know how I go. Cause woo, it, it's a doozy and um, just keep me lifting in prayer. I love y'all. Um, and yeah, I think y'all know that by now. Um, I'm back with the episodes back talking to y'all all the time. Feel free to keep letting me know how you feeling about the podcast, what episodes we need to cover. Um, and you'll have it. So with that, I love you. There is not one thing. There's nothing you can do about it. (laughs) Keep running.